0: It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg, breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room Podcast. Let's head inside the college football film room alongside veteran scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg, and Chris, week zero is finally upon us.
1: It is. Can't wait. You've got Miami, Florida in particular, the... Uh, The feature game this weekend got a little Arizona Hawaii as well and then everybody else is trying to wrap up the focus on getting their team ready and then focusing on game plan week um, and getting ready for next week when we're going to have a smorgasbord I mean. Thursday through Monday, college football games has been the tradition, um, unlike any other, for college football to start off Mm -hmm. the the big week. But it's going to be fun to get our feet wet watching a little uh, college football. and And a big one with Miami and Florida. Absolutely.
0: We're going to get to that coming up a little later on in this episode. It's also our final Power 5 preview today, so we will talk about the Big 12. But we start this episode, Chris, with a little breaking news. Auburn has decided to go with freshman Bo Nix as its starting quarterback for their season opener against Oregon. Was this decision something that was expected or was the competition a little more heated during training camp?
1: No, I mean, it was pretty competitive. We've been keeping everybody up to date on LandryFootball.com on this and all the other quarterback and other position matchups around. And it just felt like that while Gatewood, Joey Gatewood, and I think Joey Gatewood's going to play this year, what it really came down to is that Bo Nix was a little bit better moving the team in scrimmages and in practice. He's a little better passer. Uh, Gatewood is athletic and, and again, depending on how the flow of games and the flow of the season will go, I think you're going to see Gatewood play, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that, uh, and I said it for a while, it, it was pretty clear that Gus Malzahn has fallen in love with Bo Nix. His of course, dad, Patrick Nix, uh, was you know, quarterback at Auburn and this kid's really special and is a little bit advanced for his age. So we're going to see how he does against all Aub- against uh, Oregon uh, in uh, in a week with against Justin Herbert and uh, it's going to be a really good matchup young quarterback veteran quarterback great defensive line against a great offensive line and it should be a good one i know we'll break that one down in depth next week right here absolutely
0: and Knicks becomes the first true freshman to start at quarterback mm-hmm. in miles six seasons at auburn Uh, before we get into our week zero preview we finish up our power five previews with the big 12 chris and a lot of interesting teams in this conference you know the offenses are great the defenses are relatively non-existent uh, but i think the biggest story we have to start with is oklahoma and how this team is going to look this year with jalen hurts at the quarterback position and yes another year with another quarterback and another
1: chance at the college football playoff? Well, they'll be good again offensively. Jalen Hurts is going to move this offense. They won't take a step back. They may be a little different on how they pass it, but they'll be effective. A lot of weapons uh, at receiver. Uh, C.D. Lamb's outstanding. Maybe one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the country. Definitely one of the best pass-catching tight ends And Grant Katera. Uh, center right guard, pretty solid. They're replacing the rest of the offensive line, though. Um, a lot of good players there. So, Young in some areas defensively, there's not a lot of playmakers. Tough news, losing their most versatile secondary player and Trey no award to injuries. We'll see what Alex Grinch can do uh, with this defense and modify things a little bit and – I think what they're going to have to do is try to create some turnovers. I don't think they're good enough to stop people consistently, particularly good offenses, but I think they can create turnovers and score a bunch of points. I think it's going to be Oklahoma as we've seen it, maybe playoff caliber. Um, I don't know that they're good enough to advance beyond the Clemsons and the yeah. Alabamas and the Georges of the world yet.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. But this conference certainly is theirs for the taking. Texas is currently ranked number 10 to start the season and a lot of hype surrounding this team. I love their quarterback, Sam Ellinger. Obviously, you like their head coach and Tom Herman, can this Texas team challenge Oklahoma for this conference title?
1: Well, I think they can. I don't think they're there yet. I mean, I think, yes, they can challenge Oklahoma. We saw them split with them last year. They can beat them. Can they go through the schedule, which is more challenging? They've got LSU at home. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they've got Oklahoma as well, of course. Got to go to TCU. Got to go to Iowa State. Got to go to Baylor. I, I just don't see this team having enough of a run to A, win the conference, where I think Oklahoma has a little bit more favorable schedule and a little better team. Um, I don't think they're quite there yet. I think they're getting better on defense, um, but they're not quite there yet. I like the fact that they're putting a little bit of a pedigree and a personality on their defense. I think that's going to serve them well offensively. I don't think they have quite enough. Playmakers, I think Ingram, the freshman back, Jordan Winnington's really good. Colin Johnson's a good receiver, but they don't have the playmakers that Oklahoma has. So while a lot of people are saying, "Hey, look out for Texas; they can be a playoff team," I I don't see that. I mean, against this schedule, I see at least I think ten and two would be an outstanding season. I think nine and three is more realistic. So I see them falling a little short. Look, they could win the conference, but. Oklahoma would have to come back to the pack a little bit. I, I think we're maybe another year or two away recruiting classes for Texas being completely back.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I do love their quarterback, though. I think he is certainly one of the top quarterbacks in, in, in the country, and Sam Ellinger. He's a winner.
1: Tough guy, he, dude. Tough, dude. You-
0: You mentioned Iowa State is on their schedule and they have to go to Ames to play them. They currently come into the season, the Cyclones, as the 21st ranked team in the country. Always a difficult place for teams to go in and play. Are they going to play the spoiler role this season or do they have a legitimate chance at winning eight games?
1: Well, I think they could play spoiler, although I think that they're going to miss, obviously, a great receiver in the King Butler, and then they're going to lose David Montgomery. They they don't replace guys like that at Iowa State. But I tell you, they do play good defense. They are really, really good defensively. Um, I see in terms of a roster, definitely seven wins. I think the swing games are Iowa. At Baylor, TCU, that's going to determine, yeah, whether they could win eight, maybe nine. Uh, I think maybe seven to eight is where I would go. I still like um, Oklahoma um, at home to beat Iowa State, and I mm-hmm. think Texas and Ames is going to be a challenge. They've had trouble with them. That's a potential upset. So if they were to take it and maybe get to – remember, they won eight last year. They could potentially take it to nine, but I don't see that. I don't – Brock Purdy's a really good quarterback, but the playmakers, you know, replacing Montgomery and Butler, that's – they they just don't turn those guys out at Iowa State every year. It's not like next man up there. They have to develop those guys. So they're good. They have some good players. Um, but I don't think they're quite as good. So I'm thinking seven or eight for the Cyclones this year. How about Oklahoma State? You know, I, I to me, it's typical Oklahoma State. Now, they're going to play two quarterbacks in their opening game against Oregon State, it does appear. Uh, but it's going to be a, a team that will develop a pretty good offense over the course of the year and play very little defense. It's, it's going to be fast-break uh, football for Oklahoma State, and I, I don't think Oklahoma State's going to penetrate and be any better than what they are. I, I think I see the conference in three tiers. Oklahoma, Texas, in one tier, then I see Iowa State, which we've talked about, um, and TCU and Baylor, which we'll talk about, as better. And I think Oklahoma State's barely hanging on to the second tier. Uh, I I think that they're the least impressive team, and I would say that Iowa State and TCU and Baylor, which we're going to talk about, are better.
0: Let's get into TCU. What impresses you about them?
1: Well, their defense is good and will be good again. They're so dependent on the quarterback play. And I don't know that they're going to get the type of quarterback play that they need. Um, they were banged up. They canceled the spring game. They had 22 players missing due to injury. Ouch. Um, but they will play good defense. Uh, and and it's, you know, year in and year out they do that. Good situational defense. They'll run the football well. I like their backs. I think they're one of, one of the best corners in the country in Gladney. But the quarterback play is going to determine whether it's, you know, eight wins, last year seven, six, eight wins, nine wins, ten wins. I mean, look, there's, to me, um, Iowa State at home, Baylor, um, that's the two swing games, assuming they'll lose to Oklahoma and Texas and they've got a shot. Nine is possible here. It really is. I, I like – Their chances and Baylor's chances of maybe being the third best team. I think that's the race for the third best team in the conference, in my view.
0: What is it about Baylor, though? Because I don't know how many people are are as optimistic as you sound right now.
1: Well, I like what they've done, the stability of the program. See, they're, they're developing a pretty good defense. It's a really good linebacking core. They're not as deep up front defensively, but they've got some good players. James Lynch. Bravey and Roy are good on the defensive line. Um, they got one of the better Mike backers in the country. So the depth, they're not quite there yet. But they play pretty good defense. Uh, offensively, uh, you know, Charles Brewer is an interesting, good young player. Denzel Mims is good. So I guess what it is with Baylor, I think the future is good. And I think they're going gonna to surprise some people. Look, I think that they've got – seven wins on their schedule. Definitely. And it's about at Oklahoma state, which I think they're going to win Iowa state at home, which gives them a chance. Um, and then at TCU, I mean, that's the variable that that's the three question mark games, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, um, in my mind, or teams that are better than they are personnel wise, but it's going to come down to what Baylor does against Iowa state, what Baylor does against TCU and, and, and vice versa, and that's going to determine which one of these teams get to eight wins. I think it could be baylor and and I think again baylor t c u um very they're a little bit different in their style, but yet they're i think Baylor is one of the more physical teams, and I think these these two teams play defense so that's what I like about Baylor. And I think the team that gets the best quarterback quite play, quite frankly, is going to determine who gets the third place and maybe if Iowa State can get in it. I think it's yeah. a three-team race for the third-best team. I don't think it's Oklahoma State personally. I think it's Baylor, Iowa State, TCU. All three, along with Texas, that are playing good defense. And by the way, we're going to get into it in a, to a second. TCU, with their new coach, Matt Wells, We're going to start to see some defense creep into this conference. Now I'm telling you.
0: Yeah. You mentioned, so you mentioned Matt Wells takes over at Texas tech for cliff Kingsbury and cliff Kingsbury, not known for playing defense, but Matt Wells certainly looking to change the culture there for the red Raiders. Are we going to expect a different look from them? This is not going to be your traditional air raid, Texas tech team. It
1: it will be a gradual change. It's a air raid will be in place. But I think what you're going to see is a more tone towards building a roster. That there's some talent there. I think they've been poorly coached the past few years personally. Uh, the defensive front got a chance with some experience to be uh, a, a different look. I think they're going to play better on defense. They're going to be more multiple in their coverage looks. Um, I think offensively, you're going to see them continue with the air raid, but it gradually go towards more balance on offense. Uh, Alex Bowman is is an impressive looking quarterback. Remember the name. Um, so Roderick Thompson, a freshman running back, that's going to be got really good quickness. And uh, Sean Henry, I think they've got some ability. Jordan Brooks is a really good inside backer. Uh, again, I think this team is of the coaching hires in that league this year: Kansas State, West Virginia, Kansas. This one may be the, the, the gem of the bunch. I yeah. think Matt Wills will build a great program, great for what it is. I'm not saying Texas Tech is going to compete. They don't have the resources of Baylor or TCU. I'm just saying that Texas Tech that's been you know, woefully undercoached and underprepared, I think you're going to see them. Their model will be like what Iowa State's doing. And I think Matt could take Texas Tech – to where Iowa State is, meaning get play really good defense over mm-hmm. time and then develop players to where they're maybe consistently winning seven to nine, depending on the schedule. Um, I think they're on to something. This year, I don't know, five wins. I don't know if they can get bowl eligibility. I think they're ways away.
0: Okay, and let's wrap it up with the Kansas schools. We'll start with the Jayhawks.
1: Well, I think that Kansas in a, is in a world of hurt. And they've obviously got their outstanding running back that's not going to play in their first game of the year, should be able to get by Indiana State. But if you look at Kansas' schedule, it's a big problem. I don't see many wins on it. I mean, at Boston College, West Virginia, that's their best chance. I mean, Coastal Carolina, Indiana State, of course. So they start off 2-0. and uh, Puka williams not going to play well, uh, not going to play in that first game. Got to get him back. Dalen Charlotte is a good receiver. Hakeem Ajanje, the left tackle, is a good player. There's just not a lot of talent there. Got a good punter, uh, not a lot of wins on that schedule. Uh, Kansas State, I like the hire. I do think that it's a really good move in Chris Kleiman, but I think that they're devoid talent wise. I think there's an issue there. I don't know that I see more than four or five wins on Kansas State's roster. And then finally, West Virginia. You know, Neil Brown is this is a big rebuild. And I think that the challenge is going to be can he stabilize recruiting? Where Dana Hargerson was really inconsistent. You got to understand that West Virginia is the sore thumb in this league. They have no recruiting base anymore since they're in the Big 12 and they don't have a, 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 even with Dana's background in Texas, they couldn't get in there. Neil's a bright offensive mind that's going to run the air raid stuff. But without, Will Greer and without the talent level, they're they're going to be in a world of hurt. But what does Austin Kendall do
0: for them though? And, well,
1: I think he gives them some hope to be to finish above Kansas and maybe compete with Kansas State to win maybe four games. I, I think that's all they got out of them this year. I wow. don't think they're going to a bolt. They just don't have a very good roster, um, and I think it's going to be a real challenge. Maybe they could get to six wins if you look at their schedule. I, you know, James Madison. Kansas, I think, are wins. they got to beat Kansas State. they got to beat Texas Tech. I mean, where are the other wins coming from? They're not beating Missouri. I don't like them against NC State. Um, You know, Oklahoma State, it's a possibility. Getting to six wins is going to be difficult. I think it's for Kansas State and West Virginia and Texas Tech. It's a battle to get the bowl eligibility, and Kansas won't even sniff that.
0: All right, well, that wraps up our Power Five previews there with the Big 12. And now it's time to get into our first game previews of the season. We have week zero coming up a doubleheader on Saturday, Miami against number eight, Florida at Camping World Stadium in Orlando. And that'll be followed by Arizona and Hawaii. That game from Aloha Stadium in Honolulu. We start with the big Florida matchup, Chris, and number eight Florida against Miami. Florida, a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. The total in this one, 47. I think a lot of people are just looking at these two teams from the outside and just saying, hey, it's Florida. They have the name recognition. They're ranked number eight for a reason. This should be a blowout, right? But I would caution people against being so quick to judgment because – Whenever you have two teams like this facing each other, there's obviously a little bit of familiarity. There is some sort of rivalry, if you will, with the players, because a lot of them played against each other in, in, throughout high school. And I think the talent level at Miami is better than what people give them credit for.
1: Well, first of all, help me with this. Did it did it get bet up to seven and a half or was it seven and a half because I've heard at seven, so where is is it? Well, then it must have been bet up to seven and a half. Then okay, it's seven and a half
0: now, and I would assume that it it opened actually it opened up at eight. Believe it or not. Okay, so cause I, I got at eight, this and now kind of it's seven of at, and a half.
1: Okay, because I, I kind of got it as a seven point game now. So that's the the seven and a hooker, I guess, as they call it, and what the the, the, the like, Um Look, I think that this Miami this is a game that's built around the defense. I think Miami is got. Uh, some of the best set of linebackers in the country. They create a lot of havoc on defense. They'll challenge his Florida offensive line. Uh, Dan is going. Dan Mullen's going to have to get the ball out of Felipe Frank's hands quickly. They're going to have to, in my view, run the football right at Miami's defensive front. Front. That's the real challenge there. I, I think that's the goal on um, on that uh, that side of the ball. I, I think that defensively, Florida's got some matchup advantages against Miami. Young quarterback Jaron Williams uh what he's gonna do against the pressure. Again, I think some easy throws to develop some confidence. What offensive line can hold up the best? That's gonna be the key. The other thing you have to look at, the great equalizer turnovers. Uh you got a lot of mistakes in the early part of the season. You see special teams effect where you have breakdowns there. That's gonna be pivotal to see. So look, I think Florida's a little better. Um they're better personnel wise, but I agree with you. It's not as decisive as say LSU Miami last year. Yeah, I think that it's a little bit different, but I do think Florida's the better team. I do think. Look, I, I hate to phrase this this way because I I would hate this if I was coaching at Miami. I, I think there's more there's more pressure on Florida because I think they've got a year in the system. If they lose this game. This will be tough for them. Miami fans, you know, talk a lot of bravado. I think they're smart enough to realize that they're the inferior team of the two. And if they win the game, they're going to say, oh, we knew it all the time. But the reality is it will be an upset if Miami wins. And it would be a feather in the cap of Miami and Manny Diaz. But this would be a tougher loss for Florida than than for Miami. No doubt about it.
0: Do you think that lends to Florida playing a little tight? and maybe a little more conservative because of the importance of the first. Well,
1: they need to be conservative because you can't. And Miami's got talent on defense. You can't, you can't be risky with the football in my view. Now I think if you get numbers in the box, you know, and then I think you, you certainly attack and you try to take some chances because I think Florida's got really good depth at receiver. I think they go four deep. I think they've got some matchup advantages against Miami on the second, third corner options. Um, But can the protection hold up? I think you run right at Miami and you make those linebackers get off blocks and you slow down their surge a little bit. Then I think you hit them with some misdirection. That's kind of the key of how I would play it if I were Florida. For Miami, they've got to do something special. They're probably going to have to take more chances. Uh, They're going to have to win the special teams part of the battle. I think they're going to have to win the turnover part of the battle. You do that. This is, I said it would be an upset, a mild upset. This is not a game that I expect to be a huge point differential, unless there's mistakes that would get it up to that point. I think this is, you know, a seven point game in Florida's favor, which is why I asked the question about the point spread. Yeah. So I do think. I would not recommend either way. I don't recommend gambling, you know, but if I'm looking at it, I I would say that um, just in terms of a roster and just in terms of a matchup, it's probably a seven-point game, and I wouldn't touch it, quite frankly, because I think in early games, mistakes could make this a 10-point margin or more in Florida's favor, but mistakes could put Miami right in it in the fourth quarter with a chance to win it.
0: Yeah, and That would be a dangerous place for Florida to be if that's what happens. Uh, now let's move on to the second game of the doubleheader, and that is Hawaii and Arizona. And all eyes are going to be on the
1: quarterback for the Wildcats, Khalil Tate. It will be. Um, it will be a game that may be, I think, a little different than Miami, Florida, and that we're going to see a lot of offense. Yeah, I think the total Khalil is Tate's,
0: 73 points in this game.
1: Yeah, and, you know, listen, Hawaii can score. I think uh, Arizona's got – Good looking group of linebackers. They're going to be challenged though. I think the key is going to be how they can defend the inside receivers of Hawaii. I think they'll I don't know if they'll be able to bring enough pass rush to create some havoc. Uh that's a real concern I have about U of A's defense. But I like their running game. I like JJ Taylor. I think if they control the football and kind of limit Hawaii's possessions a little bit by maybe one per half that's going to be enough. Uh, Hawaii just doesn't have enough defensively. They don't match up very well. don't think they defend the run well enough to win this game. Arizona is going to have to stub their toe here. They did early last year against BYU, didn't play well. I, I know camp is going well. Khalil Tate's doing what Khalil Tate does, Khalil Tate things and running the football. I think that's what we're going to see, and that's what I'm looking forward to see that might be different. Uh, I don't know how many games and how well they're going to be able to block up front against Pac-12 competition, but I think blocking this defensive front Hawaii is something they should be able to do. In fact, if they don't win this game, it's going to start getting a little bit frustrating there. Um, Not that Kevin would be in any danger, but they just got to get off to a good start here. They've got some loose ends, and I think offensively, They've got the ability to control this game and uh, maybe win a high scoring game and uh, find a way to get off the field a few more times defensively and that ought to be the difference.
0: Is there a challenge in taking your team to Hawaii to play in that stadium in that atmosphere with that travel?
1: Um, there is. Now, historically, Arizona's done it, done it quite a bit. Uh, even uh-huh. when Dick Tomey was there, but none of those kids were ever around. Um Yeah, there, there is a challenge. There is a distraction element. Um, you know, you can kind of go in and, and leave a little early and think, okay, because I think they are leaving, uh, on Wednesday. So they'll get in a little time change. So they'll get in a little early. So they're they're not going to leave. They're going to leave on Wednesday and adjust at the time. And so they'll have a little time on the islands. Yeah. It could be a distraction. No question about it, but you You know, you got control of them a little bit. You got, you know, I think you have to look at it almost as a mini bowl. You know, treat it that Mm -hmm. way because you got some sights, and but you got to be focused, and you can't, you can't drop a game like this if you're Arizona. This is one of the few games that I think they've got a really good chance to win. Um, And if they don't, there's no hopes to kind of have a turnaround season or even have any hopes of getting to a bowl game, because this is one that they've got a notch in their favor. There's no doubt. You look at their schedule. I mean, uh, Northern Arizona, uh, you know, but but you got Texas Tech, which is winnable, um, you know, and you got to find your way, you know, to six wins. It's going to be difficult because I think the other teams in the uh, Pac-12, Arizona's winnable. You know Oregon State's winning it, but but they may fall a game short. They're gonna ha- they would have to beat an Arizona State on the road, a Utah, an Oregon, a Stanford, a USC, a Washington to probably get that six wins. It's doable, but it's only doable. I think they can go to a bowl this year. I think U of A can go six and six. That would be huge, but they can't do it without beating Hawaii. In my mind, there's not enough wins on their schedule if one of them's not against Hawaii. In my view. Arizona,
0: an eleven-point favorite in that game on Saturday against Hawaii. So, Chris, Week Zero is upon us, and what can fans expect on LandryFootball.com?
1: Well, we've got detailed film room game previews of Hawaii, Arizona, uh, Arizona, and Miami, Florida, and then breakdowns of you know, all four teams individually. We really go into some of the X's and O's, the personnel matchups, players to look for, uh, a lot of good things that we got for you there. And, of course, uh, we're getting ready like everybody is for next week in week one and some of the information that's coming around practices and final scrimmages, getting everybody ready for uh, those games. So we'll be breaking down, obviously, the big games next week, headlined by Auburn, Oregon, once again, um, Bo Nix is going to get the start. So we'll break down that game as well as all the others uh, over at LandryFootball.com and right here on uh, on the Film Room podcast. Uh, and, of course, for our pro football fans, you got you got all that information there. So Film Room breakdowns, notebooks every day. We got you covered at LandryFootball.com. Got the great football season special for you if you take advantage of it for a year. You can try it out for a month. Whatever is your pleasure, we're here to offer it for you and get you on board.
0: That's right. Head to LandryFootball.com. Listen to free podcasts every day from college football to the NFL, deep into the scouting and coaching world. It's all at LandryFootball.com. And follow Chris on Twitter at LandryFootball for the latest breaking news. You can also follow me at Scott's Air. This is the College Football Film Room Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts from. Chris, next week we will be reviewing games and previewing the full week one slate of the college football season i can't wait brother
1: can't wait myself talk to you next week buddy
0: thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube